0: Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer episode 101. We are your weekly dose of video game news, reviews, opinions, and discussions. My name is Brett Noski I'm Austin Morales.
1: I'm Devin Dere, And this week on The Inner Gamer, we're talking about Final Fantasy fifteen, The Last of Us Part 2, and we interview Fox Buckley, a VR developer and game developer from Austin, Texas. And with that, Austin. Yeah, what amazing. do you, got? you You both fucked it up. I tried it with you next to do it, and you didn't do it. And hit the <laughs> stop button. Welcome to
0: the Intergamer. And we're back, guys, to episode one oh one. Another week one hundred of games.
1: Enter Gamer one oh one sounds like a really dumb online class. Right? It does. <laughs> Welcome to, Welcome uh, to the Gamer 101.
2: 101. That's so funny.
3: I need to think about that. Today we're going to learn oh, about... Tape. this is the oh, controller. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you shoot in
1: yeah, FPSs. Yeah, tap uh, A a whole bunch.
3: Burp, burp, burp. This is how you die in Dark Souls. <laughs> Spam so, R1.
0: <laughs> this week, we're going to talk about some video games. But before we start, I want to give a quick shout-out, not a quick shout-out, a heartfelt shout out out to our first Patreon subscriber. Woohoo! We have a Patreon subscriber. His name is Mark Jensen out of Denmark. He is a longtime uh, friend of uh, uh, mine Austin's actually. Yeah, we actually worked with him. Worked with him a long time. He's a uh, he makes music and he's a programmer and he's a super cool guy. So well, Mark, thank you so much for thank the you, uh, donation. We really appreciate it. And here's your I'm shout away out from
3: Denmark, man. It's, know, it's touching, man. dude. Thank you. It's super cool. Yeah. One day we're gonna come visit you. I've been wanting to really
0: bad actually. Awesome. I think Denmark would be a great place to go and to. Hopefully, oh, he yeah. will
3: be the first of many. Yeah. Um, right.
0: First of many. So on that note, just so you guys know, if you guys decide you want to donate to us because you like what you hear, go check out our Patreon page on our new website, TheInnerGamer.net.
3: And what a new website. A new website. Oh my gosh. It's all sparkly and shiny. Oh my yeah. God. It's so pretty. Is that thing you just want to look at? Like, well, I, five I, hours.
1: I was so curious about what it was going to look like when we started, when Brett was like, yeah, I'm going to launch the website. And then we got to take and a I look. And like, I was like, really holy
3: quiet. shit. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> but but uh, really good. If you guys want to donate to help us out with everything we're working on, because we have a lot coming in 2017, head yeah. over to the and click the donate button at the top right. And uh, you can donate as well. And you might, be given a shout out we might have a discussion topic all that good stuff right
3: get achievement for life achievement for
0: life so austin yes let's talk about some uh some video games that we've been waiting on for yeah
3: years and years now yeah uh final fantasy 15 Fi got released and i haven't been keeping up with it i just heard about it here and there kind of saw some trailers like oh cool cool And, uh, you know, I went to go kind of research it a little bit, listening to kind of funny games and, like, Game Informer and and Podcast Beyond talk about this and, like, how pumped they've been and then watching it kind of turn into something else completely different. It was interesting, but I'm so happy. I haven't played any of these games before, and I know nothing about this (laughs) world. That shocks me. That still just floors me. You haven't played, like, a single Final Fantasy (laughs) Friends over the years have tried to get me to do it, and I was never really into that, uh, what JRPG do you call it? JRPG lifestyle. Well, yeah, I was never really into JRPGs until, I want to say, but it was, was a, solid. Yeah, but it was
1: a game all of its own in its early yeah. days, like Final Fantasy 1 through 6. Like they, Those are games I remember playing on the Super Nintendo or right. the Nintendo. and right. Oof. Yeah, good stuff. Like, what, what is it? It's like the uh, turn-based, turn turn-based combat and crazy equip inventory systems. And
3: see, oof. you're in the D and D, so that all makes sense to you. For yeah. me, like, me coming in, like, I just I couldn't get into the characters, <laughs> that world, and then yeah. that those game mechanics just didn't yep. touch home. You know, you, you know, I started out to with Tomb Raider. To right? not want to wait to fight. exactly. Yeah, yeah like, well, it's
1: even more anxiety driving when you see like if in the old ones when they had the the. Turn-based combat. And there was a time bar that had to fill up before you could take your turns. So you're just sitting there watching this bar fill up like a loading screen. Like, come on! <laughs> but that's all in the past. So that being said,
3: what's the new one like? Uh, high-paced action, fun and craziness at every encounter that you 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 fall into. <laughs> like, uh, so so it's kind of pseudo open world again. Um, it's it's more open wor- uh, open area, but they're a lot bigger areas. So it's kind of it kind of leans more towards open worlds. I uh, just, I guess, kind of how you look at it. I mean, there's loading screens between you know the different sections. Well, you know what? Technically, there's not. Now I think about it. Yeah, no, there's not really loading. Like you, you just get in a car and you drive around, and and that whole story. Okay, we'll get into that. But uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll touch back on the combat. Like the combat for this really drives me home to how fun this game really is because Brett just saw it. It's, yeah. just, it's just crazy. Like
1: I saw the tail end of it, and it was bonkers.
3: Yeah, so you come in. a lot in going and on on that screen. There's a lot going on on that screen. You have four characters. Your character, Noctis, Ingus, Gladius, and Prompto your other three and you guys you know once it's fucking ffs <laughs> <laughs> I, swear oh, God. I know i know there's so like I- it's so bizarre but go ahead continue yeah so you come up to like you know a battle sequence and then like everything just pauses like kind of like you can in, in the bioware games where you can kind of like decide what you want to do and you know opposed to the like you know taking your turn like you can just run in there and i you know i, I never i don't know anything about this world set like these glaives I watched the movie something with the glaives. Like, I don't know if that's been a thing or not. Devin, has that been a thing? The glaves and stuff? Uh, not really. Okay. Well, depending on which one you play. Anyway, you have this powers. I kind of like the glaives from the movie, and you throw your sword and you warp to this guy or your enemy, and you hit him, and like they you do you know your damage plus extra damage, and then your guys just swoop in and start taking on like other other guys, and you are just kind of like because you have this warp ability, you can warp to different enemies, so you can like. You know, attack this guy for a little bit, he's about to attack you, so warp to another enemy, attack that guy for a little bit, and then warp back and then and then find a high spot and you warp up there and you recharge your warp and then you jump down and warp again and it's just like holy shit. It's and then
1: so in the crazy. middle of all this
3: battle, you know, if you just stop doing anything, like it'll just freeze the battle, and then you can decide. So like all so of combat your...
1: stops if you stop so you can kind of re reassess the situation you're exactly. in and get back into
3: the fray. Exactly. Is that
0: hard to get used to? initially?
3: The combat was at first very daunting. Like, it was very like, oh, man, like, I... I uh, (laughs) I got uh, some studying to do. Exactly. And But that having, like, then they tell you, oh, you can turn on this, you know, freeze the, you know, the combat. And I was like, oh, this really helps out because I'm used to that and, you know, Mass Effect and stuff. And and so your other friends have uh, abilities as well that you can... that as they fight, they charge this bar. And right now, you have... I have three bars. So, like, each one of those abilities i activate for my friends like it drains this meter down so like not only are you doing a bunch of damage but you can get your friends to do like uh gladius gladiolus is, like, this big, heavy muscle dude with this giant great sword, and he can jump in and do the swinging attack that hits everybody, and then you have Prompto who has a gun, and he can do, like, a kind of a, like, aim sniper attack what kind of stuns the guy a little bit and then gives you a chance to jump in and throw your weapon at the guy. And it's just, like, all these really cool moves. And <sighs> And Ignis, like, he has this really awesome move where it's called regroup. So, like, if you're all in a pickle, you hit regroup, and he... Everyone warps to him and everyone gets healed instantly. And it's just like, oh shit. Like, the pace of this action is awesome. Like, moment to moment gameplay is pretty fun, even though you get to travel a few times. But.
1: Okay. So the the combat sounds pretty friggin' intense. What about the overall? Like, how's the game
3: look? The game looks amazing. Like, okay. So, uh, as. If you haven't been watching on uh, on Instagram, I actually got a PS4 Pro <laughs> because my PlayStation has been kind of crapping out on me, and so I turned we it up. We
1: podcast with a series of <sighs> consumer whores. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just got that
3: up. I literally woke up, and I couldn't... My controller disconnected, so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to GameStop, getting a PlayStation 4. Like, that's how it happened. Anyway, I turned it all up, and it. I don't have a 4K, but it just... It looks I stunning. just got it still just because. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got to get one now, but... <laughs> No, but the game, like it looks freaking phenomenal. Like the world, the landscape—you can look far into the, you know, into the distance and see. Like I'm going to go over there, yeah. Uh, and you can almost travel anywhere, minus the mountains. I mean, th- there's obviously some like barriers there's and some stuff, barriers. yeah. But like everything, the, looks the, great. the
1: standard used for barriers right. in Final Fantasy has always been mountains, right?
3: So, I mean, if you're looking for a game that you can just drive around in, literally, and look at everything, like, this is awesome. Like, there's moments where you can pull over to the side of the road, and Prompto, who's like, he has a camera. He's like, hey, guys, let's take a picture right now. And it's like, okay, yeah. So you get a picture, and you can save that picture. Uh, Going on that, like, after you save, you save by sleeping at these, like, hotels or, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? One of those things you drive around, you can bring the... uh, uh, camping, like a camper or like a motorhome, or yeah, kind of like a motorhome. Like those are like kind of scattered throughout the world, especially at gas stations. And uh, if like you save trailer. there, yeah. You, that's how you get all of your. That's how you tally up your XP. <laughs> and at the end of that, Prompto shows you about fifteen pictures that he's taken throughout that whole time that you've been going around and questing. That's an interesting way to do it. It's really, really, really cool. I'm not to gonna lie, yeah. like. I'm like, this is. I wish every game would have this, that I could go back and look at these cool moments that I was like battling in or just running around in. Like, he'll have those candid moments where, like, you know, a guy has his arm up and I was smiling at him, like, what are you doing? Taking a picture of me, that kind of stuff. And he has just candids. Like, I don't know. That little thing just kind of like brings us home for me, like, little minute things that just Mm -hmm. make this game stand out among the rest. So, any criticisms you'd find for it? (sighs) You know, for a 10 year game, it doesn't feel like it took 10 years to make this. It felt like they made this in two years. Really? Yes. Like, it is not as polished as I want it to be. Uh, one of the guys from uh, the Game Informer show, they said, it was, this is brimming with creativity, but lack of polish is everywhere. And that is, that is true. Really? Yeah. Like, it's kind of sad. But it's still fun. And I give it a dig, but you should delay it. Okay. So you you'd recommend delaying? Oh yeah, like, I'm still playing through this. I played about five or ten hours, and uh, I, I I like what I've I like what I've played. But the story is kind of weird because you have all this crazy stuff happening in the background with like you're the prince of this kingdom, and and you just find out that your kingdom has been attacked and taken over, and your father was killed, and yet you're still kind of traversing this world like you're on some trip. And it's like, I feel like this guy would be like freaking out right now. But yeah. apparently, towards the end, you kind of realize why this guy is like this. And um, I'm curious to see it because they, the beginning of the story starts at the very end. And then it like flashes back to this point. So, and it shows you like a man, I believe. It's really interesting. Like, I'm curious to know where this goes. But as a, a fir- first-time Final Fantasy player, I'm having a lot of fun. I heard you had to fill up your gas tank. Yes, you do. Or you have to push your car all the way to a gas station. I think that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> a little, little it's detail. A little weird. Yeah. yeah. There's a
1: little detail like that. I mean, what a random way to, like, I don't know, coming from a Final Fantasy standpoint, like when you finally get a vehicle in the game, it's a big deal because you finally get to, like, you don't have to run across the terrain. You finally get to move very quickly in a yeah. vehicle of
0: some kind. And, right. what's well, like when you're a character who can, like, warp to enemies and like fly around and do all this cool combat stuff and then right you have the same normal things that we encounter such as running out of gas and having to push your car yeah,
3: i mean it's the little so, things that i think so uh, really add to like you know just do these jrpgs giving that this is like one of the only ones i've ever played but i mean uh the guy ignis who is like your butler guy he's also a cook so like i found this route and then he stopped everything made me look at him he was like i just came up with an idea for a recipe because when you go to these campsites and pitch a tent sometimes you can he'll make you food to like uh, buff you up and stuff and so as you go around the world he's trying all this stuff it's just little things here and there It's just like it's got some cool details that's kind of cool you know
1: well all right well when it delays and drops in price maybe i'll get it you should May- yeah. might be the first final fantasy game i finally get to play after right. final fantasy 10
3: right dang it's, yeah, been it's, a long been a, time. it's been a while it's, it's been, been a while i've been
1: out of the game mm. so so that being your game brett what would you play
0: i played watch dogs 2 finally I jumped okay. into it
1: i want to just preface before this yes. before you say anything on this game okay i have seen nothing every time i watch a youtube video over the past month i have seen nothing but watch dog 2 ads and it's an unskippable 30 second ad for watchdogs too my I you gosh. just want
0: to play it so bad
1: i i don't i'm quite annoyed <laughs> with it right now so this game better be good
0: all right so did you play the first one
1: a, a little bit i okay. got to play probably like an hour's worth of a friends and
0: yeah eh. so somehow i played through the entire f- first game start to finish almost 100 percent of it i don't know why jesus um, but dang brad i didn't even know that i didn't like it very well, but somehow I just wanted to finish the game, and I don't know why to this day. But okay, so here's the thing with Watch Dogs. So you open up to Watch Dogs 2, and immediately uh they throw you into a uh, it's a tutorial mission essentially, and you're trying to break into CTOS to delete your profile to prove to DeadSec, which is this hacker group, a la Anonymous. That is <laughs> you're trying out for. So your goal is to break into this place. And it's, it was an extremely boring mission. I hated it. I was like, this is so frustrating. I don't want to do this, but it was a great way to introduce you to the new mechanics of the game. Okay. So some of the things they've added to it, like used to be, you would hack something and it was like a one trick thing. You, that has one function to hack. Now everything has like four different functions you can do with it. You can turn it on and off. You can uh, alert people to it and it, have this M strike take place and it like it's an EMP that just shuts off all their stuff. If they're in the vicinity of this, or you can have it like blow up or, you know, steam comes out or it malfunctions or, you know, different things will happen. So you have more control over how you hack into stuff, which is cool. I like that. Um, There's a lot more, I mean, just so many more options scattered throughout the game. But um, once you've learned how this whole world works, you're thrusted into the storyline and right there, I was like, "This is really hokey," but I like it. Like, it's it's weird. Huh. You play this guy, Marcus Holloway. He's a, he's got glasses on. He's a super nerd, but he's a cool dude. He's a, he's a black guy. He's very chill. He's a likable character, much better than Aiden Pierce from the last game, who is this kind of like a neo like character, mm-hmm. but really blah and boring and like one-sided this character has a lot more to him and I right. relate to him because there there was a moment where he and this other hacker guy that he's buddies with was so excited about this new trailer that was coming out and there's a mission where you literally have to go back to your hacker space and meet up with him and they got to set it up on like the big huge TV screen with the badass audio and the sound turned down to watch this new trailer for this badass movie that just came out and that's like a mission that you do in the game and I think that's so interesting how it, it's relating to the people that are playing this game so well. Like there was a part where I walked in, the the area that you go to, your hacker space, is in the back of a comic book shop. And you can go and talk to... These Dungeons and Dragons people that are talking about <laughs> their divine intervention and. Devin, you want to tell us stuff. something?
1: <laughs> I say he's he's saying all this with a little bit of a uh, an, an accusatory tone, or a little bit of con- a little bit <laughs> no, of at All I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, better because be. I know
0: what this stuff means now. Uh-huh. Oh, awesome. you oh you do know? I, know it. I do. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, so basically, you're thrust in this world, and now your goal as a member of DeadSec is to work with um, your Comrades, satara Ranch, Ratio, and Josh, in order to get people to download your app and gain followers of this app, which allows you to access their power, and you use that power to then hack into the big organizations that you're trying to take over. Um, but there's any downfalls? There, there are some downfalls. Yeah, um, there's a lot of things that they didn't fix from the last game that I wish they would have fixed.
2: Really? Is the driving Bro, fixed? No. <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> I'm out. Driving sucks. Driving's oh. not very good, but it's okay because now you can fast travel from point A to point B. So good because I thought like if you like I was... get to different locations, you can fast travel. That's nice. The world is beautiful. I love it. It's San Francisco. They have Silicon Valley in there. You have right. downtown San Francisco. You have the upper areas of um, uh, you have Oakland on the e- on the east side, and then you have um, uh, what do you call it? north of the bridge there's there's stuff of Sausalito (laughs) Sausalito that's what I'm thinking of (laughs) the door stuff of the bridge so there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff there and I've been to San Francisco a lot I love San Francisco as a city and it's nice to drive around and just see these landmarks that I've been to and know that I can go around this corner and go to this area and see like um, the crooked street you know you can go downtown and see all the big huge city buildings or you can go up on the the hills. You can go over to Coit Tower. You can go. There's all the spaces that are in San Francisco in this game, right. and I like that. And it's right. pretty accurate to the real world, other than Silicon Valley is a lot closer than it really is in <sighs> life. But um, that's cool. That's cool. That's overall. Okay. I'm I'm really digging it so far. Um, I would consider it a delay, honestly. Okay. Just because there's so much out there right now
3: that there isn't enough here to make you really be like, you got to play this.
0: Yeah, and I feel like this is something that there's no reason to play it now. Like I would, uh, okay. I would, I would say, I mean, all these games came out. Play the games you have. Wait till this thing drops on sale, forty f- even fifty dollars. Pick it up because it's going to take a long time to play it. Right. There's so much content here, right? Because okay. as I'm exploring the world, I'm realizing that the way that they've set up the introduction to the missions, it's really. Until you open up your mission select menu and see, okay, this is a side mission. This is not the side missions feel like real missions. They're just shorter. And I like that because they're not so far, not boring, useless side things where you just go grab this and you're done. You actually have some, some diversity to what you're doing and the side the side missions aren't obvious. They're not just like in the world. You actually have to find them. Um, you have hmm. to use your, uh, I think they call it net hack or something like that, which is another view that shows you pinpointed areas because you're using this hacker vision to see there's an anomaly of some kind over here. So go over there and then you enter into <laughs> a Batman thing.
3: Yeah, it's actually just like the detective vision of Batman. You know, Mass Effect has that too now. People love
1: using that th- a ga- modern game. Like that game has set a precedence <laughs> now where there's going to be a separate vision. Yeah, right yeah. mode. In games now, like yeah, that's just it's the like standard Evil Vision from, from yeah. Assassin's Creed. So oh gosh,
0: yeah. That's I guess right. it makes sense because it's Ubisoft. Yeah, game. But yeah. He's so. highlighted
1: in red. Jump on him!
0: <laughs> right, right. But um, it's a it's a fun game. I'm really enjoying what I played so far. How many I, hours? Uh, I'd say three or four. If okay, were in there. Um, you get very far in the story or no? Not a lot because I keep wanting to do side missions. <laughs>
1: dude, that's so easy to do though. On those, yeah, type of and games. that's the thing. It's like you just find this. How many times in GTA like, "All right, is. I'm gonna go over here. I'm gonna progress the story. Hey, there's a the racing mission. Real quick,
3: right? I guess I'll race you. That's why I didn't uh, The Witcher Three. I just, like, oh, dude, oh. so easy to do. Yeah, so, so easy to get sidetracked. So does this compared to all the other typical? tropes of Ubisoft games where it's like oh climb on this tower and open up this section and I'll go over here and kill this guy the boss the tower thing's not there yet okay
0: I think they've t- taken that out thank god um, one thing that's really interesting is I could see down the line as I start playing this game I don't ever have to actually walk into a space to do anything like I I right now have just a little car. I can drop this car down and I can drive that car using my hacking abilities. I can hack the cameras and look around and like spot people. I can use my little car to hack into wall plates. I can hack into everything that I can do as a person. So I can stand outside, drop my little car, drive him into the base and like do a bunch of shit before I ever even enter into the restricted area that I'm about to take, take down. So I really like that because it's completely different than what you would, how you would normally play the game, where you're your full body character, because you can hide away a lot more as this little robot, as right. opposed to your full character. And later on, I'm going to get the quadcopter, like oh, man, fly into stuff from like Jeez. higher levels and <laughs> okay. things. Okay, so, yeah, it's a totally different like mechanic that right. No other game like this has had right.
3: before. I think people were thinking this was going to be what the last game was going to be about, right. that type of thing. It,
0: this is definitely. This is what the last game should have been, for sure. Um, it's fun. I think I like that they went the fun, lighthearted direction with this. Right. Because it should be that way. I mean, that serious tone just doesn't match. It just it didn't feel right. It did, the The tonal delivery was just not there. So I think with this, it's a lot more um, easygoing to get into, and you don't feel so bad that you're just running around, like, destroying people. <laughs> But you're yeah. just having fun with it. Like everything you do is just for fun. It's like in Grand Theft Auto, it's not necessarily funny. You're killing a bunch of people. You don't have to kill people in this game. You can still have a blast. Right. Like, I haven't killed anybody yet. Wow. Yeah, I, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard that lie. you can do
1: the entirety of the game without actually yeah. killing a single
0: person. You can stun people, you knock them out, or you just have them go up to those panels and just have them like, get shocked and they pass out for a little bit. Right. You don't have to kill anybody, and right. it's completely fine. And it's still a blast to play. So. Um, that's really cool. Right. But again, I would delay it just because there's so much out there right now. That wait, wait till you have some time to really sit down and invest into it. And I think you're really gonna have a good benefit out of it.
3: Right. Cool, man. Yeah. So, well, I, I saw you too. play it. I think I I might pick it up, but definitely once
0: well, it's done sell. So. I will not.
2: <laughs> but You should. Well,
3: no. For now, I'm biding
1: my time with the division. I know we just shit on a little bit on our last podcast, but um, I'm going to be diving back in after the update and um, playing the new uh, expansion stuff that they have going oh, nice. on with it, with the survival mode. I will say though, since they did the update, uh, the new changes are kind of there, and it's kind of cool, and the matchmaking is a lot better, so that's improved, and I'm very happy about that. No, it's very good. And then, <laughs> to kind of welcome you back, they have this random... Uh, supply drop, and it's a chest full of gear. Literally everything in there was like ten times better than my current
3: gear. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, thank you." That's good. That's so everyone has that gear, right?
1: Yeah, I I appreciate that. Yeah. Division. Put <laughs> everyone back to the same. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Jeez. Oh, oh. Anyway. All cool, right. man.
1: Well, let's uh, take a quick break. We'll be right back with some uh, gaming news. <laughs>
4: You're listening to The
1: Inner Gamer. All right, and we're back. So for our uh, gaming news segment this time, we're going to open this up for our free games for the PS4 and the Xbox One. Um, uh, This month, there's pretty decent stuff out there Uh, for the PS4 Invisible Inc., is one of these titles that's going to be for the PS4, and then stories, The Path of Destinies. Um, I myself really don't know too much about these titles, so I'm very excited to see them. I have I have seen them pop up on my PlayStation, so I'm excited to get them downloaded. Louise them. is excited about it. Louise Inc. was like, yeah, I know Louise was stoked about Invisible Inc., so this one it looks cool. It, no, it looks very cool. Um, it kind of looks like um, uh, the way uh, Precipice of Darkness played in. Y'all didn't play that one Mm -mm -mm. from the guys from Penny Arcade. They made their game. Okay, well, we love you, Pax. (laughs) We love you, Pax. As well as Tiny Troopers Joint Ops, and then Color Guardians. Um, Color Guardians was one of those PS Vita um, games I've saw. They still
0: make those. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Tiny Troopers is a PS Vita game as well.
1: It really wasn't. Yep,
0: and it's a it's a cross buy, so you can buy them on either PS4 and Vita, and they work on both.
3: Well awesome. You should get them. They're free, so <laughs> They're I mean free, what's yeah. the
1: what's the point of not doing it? Right. Um, uh for the Xbox One this time, we have some decent titles that I'm I'm excited about. Sleeping Dogs is one of them. We have Outlast, Outland, and then Burnout, Parrot lots of stuff with out in it.
0: I can talk on three or four of these games, actually, surprisingly.
1: Burnout Paradise, I know for a fact, (sighs) was something I played the hell out of. Hell
0: yeah. Damn. That's one of the few racing
1: games I actually played in my time. The Burnout
0: series is great.
1: I love the Burnout series. Any game that has actually encouraged you to crash, I'm okay with. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Because I I crash a lot. (laughs) And then seeing the crashes be really epic is even better. Like, how... How hardcore of a crash can you make? That's what's so great about it. Yeah. It's awesome. All right, you two. All right. All right. We all get right. it. So, uh, yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah, Sleeping Dogs, Outlast and Outland. Um, I've played a little bit of Outlast. So. I
0: hate that game. It's so scary. Really? I was freaked out.
1: You were that scared of it?
0: I hate scary games. Okay, Me well, it's... well. <laughs> You, Brett. Uh, yeah,
1: Outlast <laughs> was a terrifying game and very well done in the in the um, survival horror genre. But if you dig horror games, I highly suggest it because it's a good
3: one. Side note: I played the demo for the second one. Creepy as shit.
1: Still, still just as yeah. holding on to that creepy vibe. Yeah. I mean the fact you had to switch between cameras just to see in the dark. Oof. It's like I never Oof. wanted to do it. I was like, what? I
3: don't want oh god, Okay. I don't,
1: I don't want to I don't <laughs> look.
3: There's a demon monster.
1: Man.
0: All right. So after that, we also have some new games coming out next week. And Woo-hoo. this is probably gonna be one of the last big announcements yeah. we have until the end of the year. Uh, or actually these are the end yeah, of the year. Yeah,
1: these are your big releases for the holidays yes
0: all of which is coming out december 6th the day you're listening to this podcast hopefully first up we have which i had forgotten about this until i just looked this up dead rising 4 is coming on the xbox and pc and i'm really excited for dead rising because zombies and christmas <laughs> i mean come on i want to sounds- say who, w- who doesn't
1: want to put a santa hat on a zombie i mean i know right. i do
0: sounds absurd and i love it so that's <laughs> Put gonna him be on a lot sleigh. of fun. Uh, then we him have um, the Unspoken. I'm going to go with next, which is coming out on the Oculus Rift. And Unspoken is one of the first titles from oh. Insomniac Games that will take advantage of the Oculus Touch controllers that are now shipping. Here we go. It's taking off. PVP style fighting game where you use magic to attack each other which I find to be very fascinating. We
1: spoke on this months ago. Yes. Months ago on the podcast. Uh, I remember looking at the details when we were first looking at it in the screenshots, and I was very intrigued at the fact that I'll be able to cast spells whilst in VR. Uh, I will be able to do cosmic level power. Yeah, this is one of those very games that, could,
3: that really will bring out what VR is all about, and I, I, I think this could be one of those... Um, Things adding to the tender of the fire of VR. I hope it so helps. Hopefully Akas. that kind of just like, you yeah. know, just gets it going. Uh,
0: a couple more. We have Werewolves Within coming out to Rift, Vive, and PSVR. This is an Ubisoft title. It's a social party game where people try and determine who's the werewolf in the world. So it's like a you're sitting down playing a board game like Taboo or something oh, like it, that. Nice. But you're in like this, it's digital multiplayer and you have to... Answer questions and figure out who's the werewolf in this oh, space. Dang. Okay. Um, and then Yakuza Six, which is a JRPG, I think, kind of environment game, but it's coming for the PS4, and it's basically Grand Theft Auto but Japanese style. So. Anybody
1: else play y- Yakuza before? No. Did mm-hmm. you? I I, did, I played one of them, and it was just great. Japanese Grand Theft Auto. That's literally that's literally <laughs> the perfect description. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> There you
0: um, go. And last but not least, we have the long awaited eleven years in development game from the developer of Shadows of the Colossus, The Last Guardian. Boop, 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 boop. Team Trico. Mm-hmm.
3: Here it is. So
1: you finally get it. I,
3: I, I hope this is super successful. That way Sony will be like, Oh yeah, first prior titles are a good idea. Well because that shit don't happen no more.
1: Well, and this, well, this, I'm so worried that we don't. I hope we don't have the Duke Nukem effect happen here, because which is, well, it took Duke Nukem how long to finally come out again?
3: Like a long time, a like ten long years, ta- a long 15 time, fifteen years, something, like a then. long
1: time. The answer is a long time. <laughs> yeah. So, and when it came out, it was pretty mediocre. In fact, a little bad in some in some areas. Right. I don't want to see that happen to this, right? I don't think it will, just because of the team behind it. They've made incredible games. Ico was incredible. Last Guardian g- gives you all the feel. Not Last Guardian. Uh, uh,
2: Shadow,
1: Shadow of the, of the Colossus. Colossus gives you all the feels. So this game hopefully delivers on a amazing experience, and we all get to enjoy it. I
3: just one I of worry- the few games that actually come out after something like this.
1: I, and it's just what makes me nervous is the fact of how long it took to come out.
3: Right. And usually games like this eventually just don't ever come out. Exactly. For it to actually come out, eventually is amazing. Yeah. So here's praying. Here's hoping. I'm with you, man. I really want it to be successful. Yeah. All um, right. So we'll last week, yeah. we had a lot of big stuff happen. Yep. Um,
0: namely, the Video Game Awards. Took place, and you guys heard our game of the year last week. If you have not, go back and listen to episode 100 at theinnergamer.net. You can check out all about that and what we picked for our game of the year. The Game Awards does a similar thing. They talk about the game of the year as well as the best of many different categories. Many categories, and uh, we predicted the 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 game of the year. We got the game of the year right. We did good. Ba-da-ba. We did good, guys. Yeah, we did it. Overwatch was game of the year Overwatch from the and Game Awards. In addition, they chose. I'm not going to go through the list. You guys can find it online. It's there. Um, just go to no GameAwards.com. Game, the video game Yeah, there's no big surprises. There other is than one I do
1: have to speak on that yes, I just want to do. say about was the best action game. And kudos to you, Austin, for even bringing it up. But Doom got best action oh, game. Yeah, I was I was yeah. thoroughly impressed. Was like crazy. wow, Doom. Crazy. Wow.
3: Okay. Good job. That's they, they great. All experience you can get with that game is. With that game, like yeah. you're not gonna find that anywhere else. Yeah, so one no, of the kind. Go back and play it, right? Um, yeah. Whoa, best lot, RPG, lot RPG was The Witcher Three. I didn't know that. Well,
1: they got the DLC. Got it. Okay. Okay. It's Remember, crazy. we disqualified it, which I don't, right, I right. still don't count that. I still say Dark Souls wins. But, no, it's fine. <laughs> we'll just say the Blood <laughs> and Wine <Lion> DLC.
3: Yeah. <laughs> mm, <laughs> it's whatever. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. We have our own little standards here.
0: So, so in addition to the winners of the game awards, there were several awesome. Announcements, reveals, exciting things that took place. The most important one that we need to cover first is Hideo Kojima won the Industry Icon Award. <sighs> and in yeah. addition, we got the second trailer for Death Stranding. Thoughts? Unleash.
3: Okay. Cryptic as fuck again. <laughs> I
1: mean, why well, not? Um, yeah. Uh, less. Thoughts. Thoughts on the Death Stranding trailer. Um, uh, here's one. What? I don't know what to take from that trailer. So it's so bizarre. Right. It's so out there. It's right. it's so absolutely Kojima. Like this right. is absolutely him. And and you can tell that this is him r- unshackling the chains from, uh, from from not having to worry about a company that he works for. This is now his right. His time to shine. He doesn't have Konami over his shoulders sitting there saying no 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 no. Right. This now
3: he gets to go. No, no. This is what I'm gonna do, and you can tell in this art direction. Right. Well, my, my theory is, quickly, I'll just try to discuss it. I mean, you have Guillermo del Toro, who's, like, presented in the beginning. He's holding this baby, right? Guillermo del Toro! I know, he's what in what the fucking
0: What is he game? doing so in this he,
3: video so game. He has, They said they were going to work together, and here it, it is. Here it is. Well, okay, so he has, like, scars on his head in the yep. trailer. And so it's like, you know, he was a using serial number mind. on his head. Oh, is that a serial number? It looked like a serial number. Oh, it looked like stitches and stuff there. Anyway, so I'm taking from it, like, okay, the baby is, like, the new baby that him and Kojima have made, right? And then you have the dead doll baby, which is the baby they did have, which is their canceled game, that gets put into the dark Shit. tunnel. And then you have this giant world full of like crazy death and decay and like black stuff. And I think that's the Skeletal toxic, soldiers? The toxic world that they were living in at that moment. And then Gil Del Toro and Norman Reedus both have handcuffs on, which leads me to, to, to think that they were like tied... That's how they were tied together. That's just a representation of tying it together. And then something is happening or something was happening where... Gildo Toro had to put his life force into the baby that they were creating, so it's almost like they were creating something behind Konami, which this is it. Type. So thing. So is this
0: game going to be a representation of like I, his I entire think, life? Yes. of I think Konami's this, up and up and down. And, I,
3: I I have a, yeah. I feel like it is. I feel like it is.
0: So 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 tell me because we have I for, is it Matt or Mads Mickelson? Mads Mickelson. We have we have we have on here. Is he Is he is he Konami? I, Hannibal, don't know. I mean, Hannibal Lecter. I mean, he could, They could be the devil. I, don't I have know. no idea. Honestly, I have no idea. It's crazy. <laughs> that's that's harsh. But, but Konami or Gamma was harsher when he said "fuck, fuck Konami, Konami" on Twitter. Twitter. What? So what? That's awesome. Just saying, it's crazy. But I, I think, think that's interesting that you mentioned that that uh, metaphor relating to oh
3: yeah this whole I see it I could be completely wrong but, but yeah I mean uh, I think it makes sense. But this, I I'm really.
1: This, this game yeah. looks so trippy. Yeah, so it looks absolutely. It's going to
0: get game of the year
3: when it comes and out. What
1: I want to <laughs> know is.
0: I still don't know what this game is. Like, I don't. I see all this stuff, yeah. but I don't know. Like, what do you is do? Is this a third person shooter? Apparently, it is going to be a third person. Okay. I didn't hear about that. And yeah, who is Madge
1: Mickelson with his weird umbilical cords of skeletal soldiers yeah. next to him? And what's the cr- crazy black goo on his face? And. There's so many questions surrounding this. We have little to no explanation and or answers. So at this point, it's all speculation. But wow, what a way to just completely rattle the birdcage and shake everybody to pay attention. We've never seen this in gaming.
3: No. that's not that I know of.
1: But. It's weird. It's weird. It was really <laughs> weird. It's like watching an episode of Westworld.
3: <laughs> <laughs> at least that makes sense. Indeed yeah. It
0: is a little bit. Mostly Um. So, in addition to Death Stranding, we had a lot of other stuff come out. We had uh, first official gameplay in 4K of Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Looked amazing. We had uh, The Walking Dead's A New Frontier Season 3 of The Walking Dead. The first look of that. We had eight minutes of new gameplay from Prey. We had Halo Wars 2 brought out a trailer. Lawbreakers brought out a trailer. There's a new release of Dauntless, which is a new game coming from the bunch of different developers. Like people pulled from a bunch of different places, and I think that's gonna be a free to play game next year, I believe. Um, And then we got the official teaser of Marvel's Guardian of the Galaxy Telltale game. So that's cool. It's gonna be cool. Finally got that. And um, Rocket League's got another new map coming out. Damn! Really? Oh shit! This game is still coming
1: out with content.
0: Yeah, it's it's up in space now. Oh, space. but it's in like Dang. a world like arena Jedi. up in space. A world. Oh, okay. Cool. I wonder if going to be
1: like anti grav. Oh, uh, that would be cool. I um,
0: hope so. Game mechanics. Like, like right that. before you score, it's
3: just.
1: Yeah, just the ball starts floating <laughs> yeah. and you have to start actually using your jets to project yourself. Oh, oh, man.
3: That would be sweet. Luis is
1: going to be amazing at it. I'm going to be absolutely
0: atrocious. We're but not going to see him fine. for weeks. No. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get good. It looks pretty standard. Like it's just up in space inside this like ball thing. But they have new cars, new map, all free. So that's great. Um, They announced Bullet Storm Full Clip Edition. I don't know much about this other than it's there and it features Duke Nukem. Did you guys see this trailer?
3: Yes, I didn't see the trailer, but I saw it. Is it it is it a remastered of Bullet Storm? I think it's going to be. I mean, okay, because I love Bullet Storm. I
0: yeah, it was really good. I I I love Cliffy B. So Games. crazy. Yeah, it was awesome. Good old Cliffy B. And then, of course, Breath of the Wild, we got some new gameplay videos from that. Yep. And it looks awesome. Anybody still pumped for that or usual. not pumped for that anymore? I'm still
1: pumped for about Breath it. Breath of the Wild? Yeah. It's been a while since I've played a Legend of
3: Zelda game, so I'm you're I'm, pumped. I'm way behind. So, so you're just going to buy the Switch and then... <laughs> you got it. Diving right in. All right. I like that. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Got bar yours?
0: No. <laughs> no. <laughs> So a lot of good stuff came out of there. It was a very well done video game awards. Really excited about what's to come.
3: If this year wasn't like big enough in the past just month, I mean, shit. Now we have everything else coming out next year. Kind of. It's it's it's, going to be a big year. This this is the first few years in a row where like we had some good things because like I know two like before 2015, those past two years were not that great at all. At least not in my eyes.
0: Just Definitely not. Anyway. but
3: um, So what's next, Brad?
0: Next up, we have the PlayStation Experience, which happened on Saturday the 2nd. Yeah. Uh, was it the 2nd? Yeah. It was on the 2nd. Um, that's the annual PlayStation announcement big event thing where they talk about all kinds of new games and Wait, all that stuff. Wait, Saturday was the 3rd. 3rd, sorry. Yeah, one, JK! I mean, one of days. Um, so a lot like of that. stuff came out of this, but we got to talk about the big thing that came out. I can't relate to this as much as you guys can, but The Last of Us Part Two. Oh.
3: Uh, uh. Okay, did that miss something? <laughs> I mean it looked great, but what is <laughs> what is Ellie talking about? I, um, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But you're just as confused I'm as I am kill yeah. Them okay. all.
1: Yeah, there's some definite anger. There's a lot of rage in this trailer. So oh, yeah. what whatever happened between now or the, the first game and this one it's something
3: went down. This is just like Clementine. Yep. To yeah, to Sto- the
1: new walking. Yeah, dead. Cl- like, Clementine she's grown up. season one. Yeah, like, she Clementi- looks
0: pretty awesome. I was really excited to see that too.
3: Clementine, the yeah, reveal of Cle- yeah. older Clementine. That was good. So
1: you know we're we're seeing something very new here, story wise, and of course it's from Naughty Dog, so it's it's gonna be amazing. Right. The first game made me cry so hard, so many different times. So whatever's happening now, right out of the gate, oh, oh, it's gonna be. Tears. It's very exciting to see what's gonna happen
3: with this, right? Dude, that mocap—they mocapped everything. <laughs> oh, Just, every, those yeah. little emotions the, that she the, showed, the, the,
1: the, the subtle stuff, eyebrow raises, yeah. to eye twitching, and like fi- the 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 look somebody has when they're fighting back tears. They captured that. It's so. This, this second one.
3: And now with the PS4 Pro.
1: Oh, 4K. Shut up. I need to get, a, <laughs> no, need to get all this be, stuff.
0: <laughs> it'll be a PS4 Pro too by then. Oh, God. Apparently, this game is really early in development. We're probably not going to see it until at least 2018. If we're so lucky. That's that's the plan. But right. in the meantime... But in the meantime... We have a standalone DLC, Uncharted The Lost Legacy.
3: Actually looked good. Did you guys watch that trailer?
0: Mm-hmm. I did. It looked so really good. Do you think that's real gameplay?
3: Yes, I do. That looks
2: good. I do think it's real gameplay. Yeah.
0: Because that was a weird camera angle because that's not what traditional uh, Uncharted is. But I thought that was intriguing. It reminded me of Resident Evil kind of camera viewpoint. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I love that it was eerie. It was different. It was nothing like what I've seen in the other, other Uncharteds. You played Uncharted 3 right or 4, right?
3: Yes, yes, okay, yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. Who was the black chick? I keep forgetting her name.
0: Oh,
1: uh, why'd you ask me? I don't know. Especially I do not know. Especially on it. this podcast. <laughs> we I don't I could, I could be well, better prepared, well, It could have been me. No, go ahead. Ask me know now. All
3: this. Son of a bitch. So, well, you follow Chloe, I think, is the main character, because she's the one in the trailer that you follow most of the way. And then you meet up with the black chick from Uncharted 4, and it looks like they're teaming up together. And I think that's really cool to have, like, a duo woman uh uh heroes going on here that you can follow and I'm excited. Like I'm gonna play that. Hands down I'm gonna play it. You got it? You got it Devin? No. No. You getting close? Did you look up Casper T4? Alright, but what's next? We'll we'll come
0: back to that. Yeah so next up we have um Destiny is bringing out Sparrow Racing again December. Pumped about that?
1: I'm really excited about that actually I never
0: played Sparrow Racing but now they have Destiny again um, it as well.
1: My buddy played it before, JP, yeah. and he absolutely loved it. He loved the SRL. So now that it's back, it's even more exciting. So, you know, it's 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 such a strange addition to Destiny. Like, it's so out of the wheelhouse from what we're used to seeing right. with Destiny. Like, no, you think of any kind of, like, events that come out, it's always Iron Banner. It's like, okay, well, it's time to toughen up, get into the Iron Banner. Now, when they first came out with the Sparrow Racing League, it's like, wow, this is actually really friggin' fun, and it got a lot of attention, and people have been begging for it to come back again. Really? So now that, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. I, a, it, I've been
3: reading a lot of that. Like people that blows loved, my mind. People
1: they loved, loved the Sparrow Racing League. Loved it.
3: Well, when that came out for me,
1: you already burned your copy by then. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. man, it was living in hell. Did they change up? You say you never played it, or did you? I got to play a little bit of Did the Did they change the, first the mechanics one. of the sparrow at all? Or is it exactly it's not that? so
1: much the mechanics of it, it's just it the application it's, it's the application of it and the right. course now. Okay. Because like there's speed up areas, there's obviously shit ah, where you can cool. get hit. Yeah, and if you get hit on the sparrow, you slow down. It's like Mario Kart. Kinda,
3: like yeah. Sparrow okay. racing.
0: That's cool. I'm excited. I want to try it. And that, you know, wintry land looks really good.
3: Fine, Devin, I'll try with you. <laughs> Yeah, you guys can begrudgingly play this game with me. Yeah. So I'm going to
0: kind of whiz through these other games here, except for one, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Anybody yeah. really excited oh, about I
1: love Mo- I love, it? Oh, I love MVC.
0: Cool. I've heard people yeah. flipping out about it on Facebook. Love MVC. Like, apparently it's an awesome fighting game. Yeah, absolutely. So can't wait. Yeah, so that's coming out. Then we have Ace Combat 7.
1: Oh! I've, I used to play Ace Combat all the time, so this is very exciting. I'm glad to see a VR, next gen. I'm glad to see a next gen and in yes!
0: VR.
3: Okay, that's exciting.
0: Yeah. Really about
3: that. <laughs> I've never played those. So. Throw
1: it in VR; they'll love it.
0: I played Ace Combat; it was a lot of fun. Just makes it was sense. Really good. I haven't played. Great. I don't know which one I played because I. To me, they're it's you fly planes and it's badass and that's great. <laughs> um Knack well 2 was put. announced
3: by the way NAC yeah nak so 2 that's coming i didn't play the first one i really I wanted didn't it didn't to look it cool myself. but i heard it was not like complete like people were there surprised were there was with a it. sequel yeah, yeah yeah that's about the same what i felt as well
0: um and then there's some so, free games coming out let it die i don't know much about that but apparently it's pretty solid it's like dark souls wrapped up in future punk stuff yeah so it sounds really, like it's really weird right up Devon's alley, so... Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I'll play it.
1: I like those video games.
0: And uh, Horizon Zero Dawn had a new trailer. There's Mm. uh, Crash Bandicoot's coming back.
1: The Crash Bandicoot I'm actually very excited about. I, yeah. It's been a while to see a platformer game like Crash Bandicoot to right. play, so I'm
3: very excited to play it again. Well, it's cool to kind of see its uh, you know throwback in Uncharted yeah. 4. <laughs> it's just like, oh, what? yeah.
1: What? Yeah, in like, yeah, Uncharted 4, you're like, what is this doing in this game? Not that I'm complaining by, oh, all, yeah, by yeah. any means, but what is this doing in this yeah. game?
3: Right. It's cool to see it coming back. I, it I, is. I think, I it think is. it's going to be... Wo- I mean, we're in an age where everything's just retro, so just just bring it all back. Dude, we're it feeding off
1: nostalgia. It's what we do. Yeah. We love it. Soon we we'll won't be anything What'd new. I, I mean,
0: Pong's back in two different ways on PSVR now, so that's, that's pretty that's cool. so weird. Okay. yeah. <laughs> um, I think that wraps up our... That's everything. That's
1: everything. All right. We well, guys, uh, stay tuned because after our break, we're going to come back with Fox Bukley, a VR developer and game developer from Austin, Texas. And our interview will be with him, and what a guy. Right. Great yeah. guy.
0: Super cool dude. Yeah,
1: yeah, so stay tuned and
0: break. Break. Bye. Break. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Hello everybody, welcome back to a very special segment we have today. Uh, we have a special guest, Fox Bukley on from Austin, Texas. He is a VR developer and an indie game developer. And uh, yeah, Fox, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank Glad you, to have man. you on. Yeah, man. Yeah, so uh Fox, you've been you got your hands on uh VR on the early, early days of the Oculus Rift uh first development kit, is that right?
4: Yeah, I uh I was a couple days away from backing the original Kickstarter. I wasn't one hundred percent sure that it was legit, but as soon as the videos started coming out of uh people trying the roller coaster and everything, I knew it was something I had to get in on. So as soon as the Kickstarter was done, I was one of the first people ordering it and, and playing around with the the really early dev kits uh, that oculus put out
0: nice nice yeah so we've uh everybody here has tried vr we've talked extensively about it um but i know now you've transitioned into working pretty much exclusively with the vibe is that right
4: yeah uh so i recently got a job as a uh, vr designer and developer for a creative consultant consultancy firm and uh, as part of that. They kind of asked what hardware I'd like to work on and the Vive gives the most options and uh, is really the best hardware I've actually seen. So I get to kind of choose what I work with. And so, yeah, it's Vive all the way.
1: So was that a a whole trial and error process when you were like, you know, choosing the right hardware? Was it you thinking, okay I'll try the Oculus out or I'll try the PSVR out? Or was it just the Vive just just was it something you knew from the get go that Vive was going to be? this is the hardware I want to work with.
4: Yeah, it was, um, so it was really whenever I, I got the first chance to try out the Vive, uh, at Alex Schwartz's house. He, uh, he had some parties whenever I used to live kind of close to him. And, uh, he was showing off one of the very early versions of the Vive dev kit, uh, one of the 3d printed ones. And I got a chance to try it out and it was the first time I'd actually seen, uh, positionally tracked controllers, but there, it was also so good that, uh, it kind of blew my mind, and, and it really opened my eyes up to what VR was capable of. Just the sub-millimeter tracking in this full room-scale space uh, opens up a lot of doors that the DK-2 and the DK-1 didn't really allow you to have.
0: So wow. on the controller side of things, back when you were p- playing with it then, how much had they changed to what they are in the production now?
4: So the original first versions were... I believe they were called, like, the Mr. Hat prototypes. <laughs> so they, they were... <laughs> They basically, they looked like the Vive controllers now. Uh, some of the buttons were moved around a little bit, but rather than the little donut that you see on top, it was a, a flat disc with this little nub on top of it. Uh, so oh, it almost dude. looked like a little straw hat. Um, <laughs> and it, it wasn't even tilted <laughs> at an angle. It was just right on top of it, uh, right on top of the, the controller base that you were holding. Um, and they also had wires back then. So you had to even, you had two more wires you oh, had to keep gosh. track of. Oh my of. God. <laughs> yeah. We suffered a lot in those early days. I bet. We were you
3: like, this is this isn't going to work? <laughs> no one's going to buy this.
4: Even even with the wires, I it, it I knew that this was basically going to be the future. That you know, make these controllers wireless because all that was was for the power. They weren't doing any sort of. Uh, I, I think it was power and data at that time. But you could also get it transmitted through Bluetooth, which is what they're doing now. Yeah. Um, and, God. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. Amazing. Think about all I can't those imagine- wires.
1: We we've met like as as Brett mentioned we've messed around with a lot of VR tech at this at this point we've we've tried them all the Oculus the Vive the PSVR and to in, in, in my opinion I really enjoy the Vive because to me it's the one that feels the most secure thus far at least when I when I strap it to my head and I get the headphones on to me it's the most immersive that I've felt but yeah if if those controllers had wires on them I'd be out because that. <laughs> That big cord hanging off the back of your head already is like, oh, I don't want to trip and break my neck. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be bad. That would be bad. I, I want to get – I still want to get something set up where I can have the wire hanging. Well, actually, I don't know. Maybe if this $220 wireless thing works out, which uh, me and Fox were talking about that last night. And I, I feel we're ca- cautiously-ish optimistic, I guess. Right. Very so that, hesitant. Yeah, yeah very but- hesitant about it. but.
3: Um cautious uh,
0: optimism. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. I'm really curious. Well, a bunch curious. of
3: people weren't because they already sold out. I know. Day one. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah. like, Give it to me.
0: Yeah, I wanna I wanna get it. So uh so when we first met you, you were working on a game called uh, Pitch Hit. That was for the HTC Vive. And most yep. recently you um and if you guys want to hear more about that, you can go check out our interview on YouTube where we talk about pitch hit quite a bit, but you have a new, a more recent game that you worked on called "Snakes on an Extra-Dimensional Plane." Tell me about That's that. That's correct.
4: Yeah. So uh, this <laughs> past weekend we had uh, we had a VR game jam here in Austin. It's the second one that we've had. We had one last year, uh, and that was where we were using the Wired uh, prototype controllers. And then we had one again this year. Uh, it was it's open to all kinds of VR, but of course, I wanted to work on the Vive. And some of the people that I played D and D with, I had to cancel D and D, and they're game developers. Uh, and because of all the politics stuff happening lately, they were looking for a distraction. And so since I canceled D and D, they volunteered to help me out in the game jam. Uh, so it was me and this guy named Andreas Jorgensen. And then, uh, this guy named Tim Johnson. So Tim works on Sluggy's fruit Emporium and Andreas has done a bunch of models for like, uh, Stanley parable and the beginner's guide. And, uh, Shins and I.O. and yeah, he, he's, he's done models for a bunch of games. He just he's got his fingers in a lot of pies. Um, and so the three of us got together and we were trying to reimagine the 2D game snake. So it's you know, the two <laughs> D game snake, you're 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 doing it on a flat thing and the snake is constantly moving around, and we were trying to think how can we bring the same kind of uh, gameplay where your character's constantly moving, how can we bring this into the vibe? Um, and so the answer to that question was you can't just have the snakes be represented by the controllers because in the original snake, the snake is constantly moving. And in the Vive, you can just stop moving your controller. So that doesn't work. Uh, so you, instead, we made it so the snakes are constantly chasing your controller. So you've got these two little mice with jetpacks, and the snakes will chase the mice around as you move your uh, – you, the mice are attached to your controllers. You move your controllers around, and the snakes will chase them. And uh, there's pickups, and if the snakes end up biting the mice, then uh, it's game over. And it's just this fun little arcade experience. It gets people swinging their arms around and and moving around a lot. And we've got some great reception from it. Um, We've released it for free up on Itch.io. It's the second most popular free HTC Vive game that's available. And we're thinking about putting it out on Steam and adding some Steam leaderboards and stuff. Because we we hear people wanting to compare their scores against their friends and things like that.
3: I already have a bunch of questions. So... I mean, how long does it take to make a game like this? Obviously, it's like one day type thing, right? This
4: was about this was about twenty two hours. So it was twelve hours split up over two days. But then we lost the last two hours of the last day. Oh man! Uh, because we were tearing everything down and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, we're watching a video. I'm showing them a video yeah, we were, right now. We're
1: literally watching the video of this game being played right now, <laughs> and I, I got. I could I could already see people getting punched in the face <laughs> now, but I'm all Probably for punching themselves. Yeah, yeah. I'm all yeah. for it. yeah, punched no, around. like oh. I've got to save
2: the mice!
4: <laughs> we were showing it at the party yesterday, and I had to keep clearing people out of the room that the vibe was in. They were like, "Oh, it's okay. We've seen this game." I was like, "No, no, no! You haven't seen this game."
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, no, that guy's gonna
4: be swinging his arms around yeah. like a madman. Back uh-huh. the fuck
1: up, or you're gonna get a black eye. Yeah, that's yep. too. I mean, that's awesome though. What a what a cool take on a on a game that like almost to find, like, the first bit of mobile gaming.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, m- me, like, I've done these, like, you know, 48-hour uh, short film contests, and I-, I know how that goes and how crazy that is and-, and how it, you know, sometimes you're just like, we just have to cut it, or, like, we just have to go with this idea and hoping it will work out and fix it in the back end. Yeah. Is-, is that kind of, like, the same thing here?
4: Um, kind of. So I, so w- we basically spent the day previously, uh, whenever the the day before the game jam started kind of concepting and coming up with some of the designs for a lot of this stuff. So by the time the game jam actually started, we had a pretty good idea of what the gameplay was going to be like. It was, you know, you're going to have the snakes, they're going to chase the controllers. And then there's going to be pickups. If the snakes hit your controllers, then you die. Um, And we ended up getting that up and running within the first couple of hours. And so we were able to spend the rest of it kind of polishing and making the gameplay really solid, making sure the pickups felt satisfying and adding a bunch of sounds. And um, that, that I think, is, is the secret to getting a good game jam, right, is you find one core concept and then get it done within the first hour or two or a couple of hours Make mm-hmm. sure you're all done and then spend the rest of the time polishing because everyone thinks they're going to like, oh, we're just going to bring the concept in right at the very end. And we'll wrap it all up in a big bow and then it'll be great. And the the secret is you need hours and hours of polishing. Otherwise, it just looks like a sloppy game jam game. So yeah. like
3: there is no like uh, criteria like, you know, for a film thing, They're like you got to have this line, you got to have this setting and you got to have like this object in it. It's just kind of like make something cool. And within two days.
4: Yeah, some jams will have a theme, or they'll have like extra qualifiers that you can do to get more recognition. Um, but the Austin VR jams are very, very loose. You can even come in with like pre-done content, so you can come in with a project you're already working on, oh, nice. uh, and and work on it more at the jam if you'd like. So there not not nearly as many restrictions as you would normally have in a game jam.
0: So at, at these game jams, you ha- you you guys are all getting together in one space to do this during those. 48 hours or 24 hours or whatever it is, right? Right. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. That's cool. Cause then you can, I mean, do you like find yourself like looking at other people's progress and like interacting with the other teams as you're working on, are you basically like you and your team are there and just like you're <laughs> stuck in your game for that. that well, so what time?
4: It depends on, on kind of a per team basis. So because I was most of the people that I was working with, the other two guys were overseas. One of them's in the UK and one of them is in Sweden. Oh yeah. Um, because they were overseas i kind of ended up socializing a lot more than i normally would uh and people were coming over and asking for help with some of their stuff and uh different libraries that they didn't quite know how to how to how to work with and i was there kind of volunteering and helping everyone out with their code and things like that
0: cool cool now you work with uh as a game engine unity mostly right or do you work with anything else
4: Yeah, so uh, I I focus primarily on Unity. I've been getting some Unreal development in here and there, uh, just kind of experimenting with the engine and and seeing what it's like. But it's so drastically different from Unity that Unity's my primary focus.
3: Yeah, you can make magic with Unity, huh?
4: Yeah, (laughs) haven't quite gotten there with Unreal yet. But yeah, I can make some magic with Unity.
3: Um, What
0: are some games other than ones that you've worked on that you've played recently that you're like, man, this is a really cool look into the technology or this is a good use of this, uh, these controllers or whatever.
4: And VR. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I've got a couple that I like to recommend people. Um, cosmic trip. It's fantastic. One of the best games I've played. Uh, it's just, fantastically designed real-time strategy game uh, really? that really it really utilizes the room scale space like it doesn't make you move too much but it does make you feel like you're in charge of all sorts of these lots of these resources because it designs everything to be within reaching distance of you yeah and then you can teleport around and stuff cosmic trip is great um that one i i just really like all of the design elements of it um yeah. it's just fantastic uh let's see looking down my vr list right now um i mean i gotta recommend sluggies fruit emporium that's one that tim's working on uh that's that's a fun little yeah that's a fun little one where you play as a giant purple space slug selling (laughs) fruit at a uh an intergalactic (laughs) spaceport to aliens (laughs) that you don't speak the language
2: (laughs) and so they come up
4: and they're (laughs) sluggies fruit emporium okay they come up and they they want to buy some fruit, but you don't speak their language, and so you have to offer the fruit to them and see which ones they're interested in, and then give the fruit and take the money and rinse and repeat hundreds of times and, and make money <laughs> and keep your fruit stand open.
0: Uh, so I that up on... sounds absolutely bonkers, but amazing. I pulled yeah, it up that's online. Fun. They, they say, uh, aliens, fruit, tentacles, space, shop management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good. Oh, it's not out yet. No. Yeah. That's what I like is when I uh, um I like cool. cause VR is such a like early, early space for everything. And I like that to see people just like just <laughs> doing whatever the hell they want to do. Like there's well, no rules, no restrictions. It's just like yeah, we've, let's make this weird. Yeah, thing. We, this we've cool. talked
1: about this at length about, you know, the VR still being in its infancy, but this is what's beautiful about it is with the technology being out there, and I don't know, Fox, maybe you can kind of comment on this, but because it's so new, we're exploring every last... Like, there's no stone left unturned as far as, like, what could be a fun experience with with playing VR. Like, if you'd you'd have made this on a console about you're playing a shopkeeper who's selling fruit to aliens who don't speak the language, you might get, like, a a $1 to $2 indie game, maybe that'll be, like, a, a, a flavor of the week, maybe... But yeah. something in VR sounds like, my God, that could be just ridiculous fun. And we're going to play it for hours.
4: Ridiculous, yeah. definitely. Um, that, that's part of one of my favorite things about developing for VR right now is that everything's so greenfield that every idea seems good. Like, for instance, uh, one of the things that used to be kind of in every VR developer's Bible was do not move the player ever because yeah. you'll make them motion sick. Um, and yet, there are people who are still experimenting with that and, and figuring out kind of the limits that you can push it to. So, one of the games that I, I've been wanting to try out, but I keep hearing really good things about, is it, called Climby.
2: Climby,
4: uh, Climby? Climby. It's Climb with EY at the end. It's made by this guy named Brian Lindenhoff. Um, and it's a VR game where you kind of, you like, grab. This ring around you and you use it to throw yourself. And then you can also grab onto walls and use it to climb. And it becomes this kind of like fast paced parkour, almost like a puzzle game. Um, But it violates all of the rules of artificial locomotion (laughs) and uh, makes it makes the entire thing look like it's gonna be nauseating and motion sickness inducing, but instead it it apparently ends up being pretty good. And plus my friend Andreas, who also worked on snakes on an extra dimensional plane, uh, voices the tutorial bot in that. Oh cool. Yeah. Uh, and I've I've heard some really interesting things about climbing, specifically with uh, people with disabilities are being able to use Climby as, as a way of like experiencing what it's like to move really fast or to run or to jump and fling themselves around. Yeah. Like People in wheelchairs or, or that have physical disabilities wow. can use Climby and f- feel that experience of running and jumping and flinging yourself through space. Mind blown. Yeah. That, well, I didn't that, even think about that. That's such an
3: uplifting
1: thing to hear. Yeah. I would, yeah. No, I would not have thought about that.
4: But it's that kind of stuff. It's so Greenfield that he didn't even design this for to be done by people in wheelchairs or people with physical disabilities, but it was just a happy accident that it ended up working really, really well and yeah. uh, being kind of like this uh, this medium that could open up these new doors and pathways for people who uh, have, have these disabilities.
3: So do you have any other moments you can speak on something like that, like just like a happy accident in VR?
4: Um, for me specifically,
3: uh, uh yeah for you and or for just, anybody else.
1: Yeah, any good like just hmm. just kind of like Austin said, any moments in like developing VR or being in the industry right now that you just come in like wow, what a what a cool moment for this for this industry and in its growth.
3: Right. Cuz I don't, you don't hear a lot about this stuff. Yeah. At least not that that I know of.
4: Yeah. Um I think probably the thing that would that that caught my eye the most was how whenever people play VR games, uh, their muscle memory will kick in and they're like, they're the little reptilian part of your brain that tells you how to do a repetitive action or how to adjust your, your, your arm just a little bit in order to hit something. So the best example is like with a bow and arrow that very few people have actually shot a bow and arrow over and over in real life. But whenever you, uh, put someone in a, a bow and arrow game like the lab or in Quib VR, um, even people who don't have very much experience with it after a couple of minutes can do these pinpoint accuracy shots, hitting someone from like 50 yards away uh, that they would never be able to do in real life. And it's that kind of interesting stuff that I think can unlock a lot of VR's hidden potential is figuring out how to tap into the reptilian part of your brain that allows you to make those little minute corrections in order to hit someone 51 yards away instead of 50 yards away. Well, it's, it's
1: it's funny hearing you say that because we, with the HDC vibe, we did the Star Wars experience, the Trials of Tatooine, and it was so funny with people when you get to the part where you wield a lightsaber and watching people hold the lightsaber in various different ways to deflect blaster bolts back at one another. I mean, that to me, I was like, man, everybody holds it a different way and everybody yeah, right. kind of swings the lightsaber in a different motion or a
3: different... Yeah. I mean, that's really cool. Some are not meant to be Jedis. <laughs> yeah.
0: So... Yep. Uh, it's <coughs> not it's, you. You were good. It's Thank interesting <laughs> talking about the. Uh, of course, I was born to be a Jedi. <laughs> the archery and stuff like that. And how there's like these little minute changes you can make because it. I've re- realized after having bought the PSVR how hard it is from a developer standpoint to probably do this because I got this game on the PSVR. It's a sports bar VR. And it's, uh, yeah,
4: you know about they have that? an equivalent on the vibe. Yeah. yeah uh, I so, think it's called pool
2: nation on the vibe. Okay.
0: Yeah. So like, I mean, yeah, you can, you know, you can play pool and yeah. you can throw darts and you can, uh, uh, play, uh, air hockey and stuff like that. As you jump around through this like virtual bar and, yeah. you know, in theory it sounds awesome, but this fall, the setbacks that you have with the PSVR made it almost impossible to play. Like, the pl- really? pool VR, yeah, the pool part, like I couldn't do it. It just wasn't happening because with the controllers and the limited view space of the PlayStation camera, it just every way I turned my body was not accurately portrayed. I mean, it was trying to be, but it just wasn't. Like it would just glitch out and everything would go bad. Wow. And then like throwing mm-hmm. darts, like I was trying to throw darts with it, and the the technology for PSVR is just not there yet. So it's not as accurate yeah. as the HTC Vive, for example, to where your throw actually feels like a real throw. I was like right. kind of like half throwing my arm in order to make the dart go where it would normally go if I actually threw it like in real life. Right. And so there's this weird motions. The only thing that actually felt right was air hockey because there was less less up and down motion, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. As I learned with the PlayStation camera, like there's only a certain field of view on the top and bottom that it can reach. And if you're taller, um, you know, that's it kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I can raise the camera up, but then I lose my lower half. So it's it's right. definitely very limited in what you can do. Whereas the HTC Vive, you have those two sensor points that is tracking everything in the space. So that helps a lot more. So, I mean, kudos to anybody that's trying to build that in a VR space, because it seems like it's very challenging, especially if you're working with certain limitations of the hardware as well.
4: They can't all yeah, be winners. It's yeah. funny that you say that because i've I've done the um I've done Pool Nation in the Vive a lot actually. And it's yeah. one of my favorite multiplayer experiences that they have, and I never have any of those issues with it. Um, I think it it's got to be just the difference between the controllers. Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm not really a fan of ever since I tried out the Vive. I'm not a fan of anything that uses cameras in order to figure out where the positional tracking is of its of its objects, because you can only have such a quality on your camera, and you'll always have objects that are occluding it. And you can't have two cameras because that's twice as much bandwidth for uh, your game to crunch through and figure out where your controllers are and things like that.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. it's really, really, it's really a I didn't even
3: know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The process it takes to actually have the camera on. I just, you know, you just think plug and play is like, oh, yeah, it just works, you know? Yeah, we, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah we, we've it.
1: talked about that at length about the utility of being a plug and play, but there's something to be said for that when you think about like fox is saying you know <laughs> plug and play you're going to in a sense get what you pay for right right and like as i've mentioned before i like the vibe because it felt more secure but yeah that vr experience in the in the vibe is much much i guess more reactive and you can Utilitous? yeah Util- <laughs> <laughs> that's a new one
0: yeah Utility, utilities, man. You you got that vocabulary. I'm on point. It's awesome. My vernacular is <laughs> full. Um, so let's talk briefly about uh, future. Where do you see VR going? can I going? ask one question? Real okay. Well, Austin, that? you My asked bad. the question.
3: <laughs> so, Fox, how, how was it like, you know, making games like mass keyboard controller and then coming to yeah, making games question. for
4: VR? Like, well, so... Actually, I didn't really make that many games before uh, I got into VR development. Pretty much the only things I I made were uh, like browser-based HTML5 little like Ah. Flappy Flappy Bird clones and things like that. Just (laughs) fun little time wasters uh, whenever I was looking for something to do. Um, So it was a huge of, Yeah, I I really kind of dove into it with the very first game jam that I did. Uh, I didn't have any Unity experience. I had... Uh, pretty limited javascript experience and i was using unity script which is terrible um and yeah it was it was so because i was kind of learning this entire new medium of game development it wasn't so bad making the switch i hear that a lot of game developers have issues with it because uh the things that are kind of staples in every single game like worrying about uh, fine-tuning your controls and making sure that the user can't get in a broken state and uh, making sure that all your walls are in there. Things like that don't actually exist in VR uh, because the user can go wherever they want and do whatever they want. And they, if they want to, they can put their head through the geometry and um, they can throw their controllers. Like, You can't predict what the user's going to do. and right. A lot of game developers I hear have trouble transitioning from there, but I didn't really make any games before I started VR development. So it wasn't so bad for me. Well, I say it
1: sounds like it worked to your benefit because of it, because you weren't yeah. restricted by having to unlearn what you've learned thus far as a exactly. game developer. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. That's always a challenge. I've been doing a uh, web development stuff for 10 years now. And I mean, it's still the base HTML and CSS stuff is kind of there, but it's transitioned so much that like, you're basically relearning every couple of years on almost everything that you do. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so future VR, let's talk about that a little bit. Where do sure. you see things going? Cause I mean, like we said, it's super early now. I mean, is we there anything- talk
3: about it all the time, but yeah. we have no idea. Right. Yeah. Is there anything
0: out there you're like, Oh man, like this is going to be so like, cool. And
3: for us, it's kind of like, you know, uh, the people who've been listening in the past, we were like, Oh yeah, VR is so awesome. Like everyone needs to get it. But, now it's kind of like, for me, it kind of settled down a bit and it's just like, okay, it's just, it literally is sitting in my closet back in the HEC uh, Vive box that I got. Like, I just don't use it. Yeah, that's it, terrible. You know? It's sinful. The, the time it takes to actually put it on and set up the cameras and stuff and the sensors is just like, I'd rather just, you know, hit something on my desktop and now I'm playing, you know, Dishonored Battlefield 1.
4: Right. Well, I, I mean, I'd probably categorize or I'd probably predict the future of VR in three categories. The first one is that I think uh, wireless VR is the next big step. Uh, obviously, you got to get rid of the wires. Um, but on top of that, once the wires have gotten rid of are, are gotten rid of, I think everyone is going to have a dedicated VR space in their house. And it's not going to be, you know, I have a VR room necessarily. It might just be I've got lighthouses up in my living room, so I can play a couple of games in my living room. Um, but having a having a space for VR uh, either one that you own or one that you can rent is going to be, I think, big going forward. Um, cause I mean, it's first generation hardware. It's only going to get easier to set up and easier to, uh, tear down and, and use. And there's going to be VR cafes and all sorts of stuff. Oh, um, yeah. the next interesting thing that I think <laughs> will happen with VR. And this is something I actually found out about at steam dev days, uh, several weeks ago, I guess it is at this point. Um, In one of the talks, someone asked – one of the guys from Valve, they said, so these base stations, is there any plans for moving forward and having more than two base stations in one area at one time? And the guy said, yeah, we've already fixed that. We just didn't push out the software because we're waiting for everyone to have a good home VR experience before we want to push out that thing that will allow you to hook together all of your base stations. Um, So I think that is – that's going to be huge moving forward, uh, not just because you could put base stations up all over your house. But if you think of, like, going to Starbucks, Starbucks will be covered in these base stations. Oh you can gosh. just slip on your little mobile VR headset <laughs> and have full positionally tracked VR in the middle of a Starbucks. Yeah, um, that's going to be crazy. So baristas, <laughs> that's
0: you
2: baristas. just said, God,
0: oh, yeah. man. OK, so have you uh, have you watched Westworld?
4: Yes. Yeah. Holy oh, shit. I've
0: been, I've been watching that show. Oh, man. I'm on like, episode, I just finished episode three last night. And like, it's it's like a, I mean, I could see that being like what VR is because you have these basically the premises they, in, in the shortest possible way possible, they have these robots things that they've created that are so lifelike that they feel and look real. And they bring people that have a shit ton of money to come to this park, kind of like a Jurassic Park kind of idea. But it's a Western world in this future setting. So they are teleported back to this Western world where as the newcomers or the people that come to this world that pay $40,000 a day to attend, they can do (laughs) whatever the hell they want. They can have sex with everyone. They can kill people. They can just take out all the devices like all the time. And they can't be killed. So they can kill other things, or they can do other things that they can't themselves. Because so they do this world, and I'm like, this is like a VR experience. Like, right. I they but, totally pulled it from that. It's so weird.
3: I mean, what's the likelihood of that actually
0: happening, though? Is Dude, my question. What was the likelihood of VR happening? You know, I'm just saying. Yeah. out. we're getting real meta up in here. <laughs> uh, getting
1: real meta.
0: These I mean, days, I, I, I'm I think like, if, anything's possible. Right? Like, it's just, it, right. it's crazy.
1: But I do like the idea of the, you know, Fox, as you said, um, a mobile VR kind of station. I mean, I know we kind of set the go-to with Starbucks, but I mean, I, I can see that being, a, you know, just from a consumer standpoint, I could see something like that in like a Home Depot where you want to try to imagine like, you know, oh, I want to build a little garden house in my backyard. Well, let's take a look at what it might look like. Right.
4: Shunk. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah,
4: and then once get- you're done, it'll 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 highlight all of the stuff that you need to buy, if not you know on your phone, but maybe in like actual augmented reality highlight. Like it'll yeah. give you big arrows pointing where to go. Um,
0: so what do you think of augmented reality versus virtual reality? There's some people that are like, oh, augmented reality is the future. Forget virtual reality. And other people are like saying the other thing. And other people are like it needs to morph together. How? What are what's your stance on AR versus VR?
4: So I think that as VR develops it's going to become AR um, like the only reason VR is VR is because you're putting big screens in front of your in front of your eyes and uh, it's the positional tracking that really brings the magic and if AR can get that kind of positional tracking and update frequency uh, figuring out how to overlay models on top of the real world is going to be the least of our issues um, so yeah I think, the, the, once the displays have caught up to where augmented reality can be as convincing as virtual reality, then they're basically just going to become the same thing. Uh, and it's augmented reality is, is very interesting. I don't think it's there yet. Uh, I, like There's a reason that the HoloLens is really only a developer kit right now. I've, we have one at work. I've gotten a chance to try it out a lot. And uh, it's it's really neat. But it's like it just does it's not there yet the field of view is really small the update frequency is is a lot lower than you'd think yeah. but it's got some interesting things going for it like it uh 3d maps out your entire room and creates a 3d model of your room so that you can have objects that like bounce off walls and right. bounce off the floor and stuff and that's really fascinating um it just
1: that blows my mind
4: another another four or five years and it's probably going to replace virtual reality. I mean, with the pace of virtual reality is going, augmented reality is probably going to replace it in like five years. Yeah. Uh, but it's all it's all the same thing. Right.
1: All right. Last thing. So we <laughs> hear you play D&D.
4: Yes. All right. I do. So, fifth edition Dungeon Master. Fifth edition Ooh.
1: Dungeon. All right. All right. Well, I, we're, we're going to have a good time then because I'm the fifth edition Dungeon Master for these,
3: <laughs> for these D&D noobs. We're gonna have Dungeon Master face off or something.
1: Oh my <laughs> like, oh god, right. no, you would all die. I like how I like
0: how we played like probably well over forty hours of D and we're still considered noobs. Like in yeah. any other game, no, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's, That's not. completely fair, though. I know. It's so crazy. We'd be masters I mean, in every other game. But,
1: but here's, the, here's the thing, though. You may play 40 plus hours, but when I have to keep reminding you of what to add to your fucking <laughs> role I'm every sorry. time we play, there's too many things to think <laughs> oh. about. Oh, I, is there? Is there?
0: I need a cheat yes. sheet that I'm working fully working on. A right.
1: Cheat sheet? That, you mean like a character, character
4: sheet? sheet? Yeah. That's character <laughs> sheet. Thank, thank <laughs> you, you, Fox. That language. is the cheat sheet. Oh.
0: <laughs>
4: Gee,
1: if only there was something that told me what all these <laughs> bonuses were and maybe oh, added yeah. them up together for me. Was, Gee, if only that was
0: there. I was I was looking up a book yesterday, or er, looking up books yesterday, and uh, one of the books I came across is a book called Dungeonology, and it's a basically a a children's form of a of a D and d how D&D works book and it's a pop-up book you
3: know? oh that's awesome
0: and it pops up with different stuff about and so you, that must be very yeah, helpful for you did yeah, you buy it? you bought no, that immediately did you buy it? you should have <laughs>
2: no so
1: and we've talked a lot about VR and you're obviously a, a D&D fan such as myself so yep what are the chances of a VR D&D <laughs> game I can get in the future <laughs> Um, I just want to be so able to create a dungeon in VR and just and have these buttholes walk through it.
4: Well, that's something I've been... Uh, that's that's one of my little side projects I've been kicking around is actually a dungeon creation toolkit for VR. Um, mm. Still in the really, really early prototyping stages, and I don't know if it'll ever turn into anything, but there really is something interesting there of, of constructing these dungeons almost with like the same plastic... Sets that you would buy at a gaming store, Uh, but being able to do that in VR and then take pictures from like maybe the top, the bottom, like have a visual of like whenever you enter the room, you see this picture, and I think that's really engaging and interesting. Awesome. Um,
1: All right, well, let's uh, dive a little bit, just a little bit into that. So, how long have you been playing uh, D and D for?
4: Uh, ever since I was in high school. So yeah, I got into it, got into it pretty early. I was playing Second Edition back then. God,
1: uh haven't played yeah, I had a, in years i
4: uh, I was in theater whenever I was in high school and my uh my theater director introduced me to D&D, he had a bunch of second edition books lying around, and we got a bunch of people from the theater and they all came over, and I'll tell you, you get a bunch of people to play theater around a table and oh have them gosh. do some, some Dungeons & Dragons, that's, the role-playing is incredible.
1: That's exactly what happened with me. I was a theater in high school, and that's what a bunch of theater people play in D&D is pretty much just like a giant Dungeons & Dragons soap opera. Yes. But soap
2: opera. <laughs> it's amazing. Basically,
1: but it's epic. Yeah. It's epic as oh, sure hell. yeah. It is. yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, it's, how do you, it's how fun. Are, you get? Uh, you got a pretty good group that you're running with right now?
4: Yeah, so I, I, uh, I'm running with Tim and Andreas, and we've got Martin and Connor, and uh, oh, shoot, what is his name? <laughs> there's, there's a uh, Jamie. He just joined a little while ago, so I, I still haven't learned his name. He's Azarith in the game. I only remember everyone's in-game names, but yeah. <laughs>
1: See, he, so, he, uh, he remembers his players' names and all the other stuff. <laughs> do, do, do your, do your, does does your team remember like NPC names and like the story in the world and everything like that?
4: Um, give or, take,
2: uh, give or take, give or take.
4: They know much. about they know about a dozen of the NPCs, and that's it. Uh, and then sometimes I'll, you know, you remember this guy. He's the guy that that did this thing for you at that one point and they're like, oh yeah, that's right. But well, I no, remember don't that remember faceless
0: NPC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That cardboard cutout. Well, we literally had faceless NPCs in our D&D session last time that well, had masks on instead and were demented and wanted to kill us all. Right. Thanks a lot. See, David. my
4: secret... My secret for making it seem like I've built a much more rich world than I normally have is just having a big list of NPC names. So every time you meet an NPC, that guy's got a name, his wife has a name, he's got kids that all have names, he lives at a specific point, like, and all I'm doing is just picking names off of a list, but it, it, it makes them feel like I spent a bunch of time creating all of this stuff. Right. And the yeah. illusion of working hard. <laughs> Don't work harder, work smarter. That's right. Exactly. awesome man well i'm
1: glad you're having fun we've i've uh we've had a blast getting these guys into D &D and we've done a couple of twitch streams of it now so
3: yeah we're in it now we're in it now ain't no going back
4: welcome to the club (laughs) oh yeah but, it's Fox, if you
3: ever make that, uh, that VR D&D experience, you bet your balls we're going to donate to your Kickstarter. Oh,
4: yeah. It's happen. <laughs> yeah. It's that was happen. what I wanted to do at this last game jam, but I, I didn't have quite the number of people working with me that I wanted. Right. Yeah. Maybe at a future game jam. Sweet. Fingers crossed.
3: Let us know. We'll try to come down. Yeah. Totally. Definitely. Oh, that would be awesome. Right? Um,
0: so I think we're going <laughs> to wrap this up. Yep. Um, so where can people find you online?
4: Uh, I'm on Twitter. Fox Bukley. I mean, it's not like that's going to be easy to to find because my name is so weird. But F O X B U C H E O E. Awesome. Um, I do most of my game dev stuff on Twitter, uh, and then yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well, we'll put Everyone that-, that worked on the games as well is, is also on Twitter. So oh,
1: we've already been following each other on on Twitter. Apparently, Fox. My bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yep. I will uh, put it no, in the no, show notes. The the and then I'm also going to put a link to your uh, Snakes on an intra- Extra Dimensional Plane on our show notes as well. So people can go check that out. Awesome. Uh, it you. sounds pretty cool.
4: Yeah, but, uh, you guys should definitely get a chance to try it out sometime.
0: Yeah, Austin, you're going to have to get you, pull out that HTC Vive from yeah, the dust dust it closet. It off. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. Let's look that up.
3: I need a reason. Let's set it up in a big room.
0: Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so we don't like, so we don't destroy each down other. Or well, I literally tables. hit
3: uh, Travis, one of our other hosts, one time playing this VR game, uh, scary <laughs> VR game. <laughs> I punched him right in the mouth. It was awesome.
0: It's uh, dangerous. Nothing like it. That's super dangerous. <laughs> uh, yeah.
4: Oh, awesome. there was one more. There was one more game I was going to recommend. By the way, if you're already going to set up the Vive, uh, if it. you have a four meter by three meter play space, Unseen Diplomacy is amazing it's by trying oh, uh yeah. triangular pixels mm-hmm. have you guys got a chance to try that i
3: haven't but i've seen it I, yeah i've just been skeptical of dropping money on on anything but it's oh, only three dollars yeah it's only three it's, <laughs> yeah, it's super <laughs> it's cheap done.
4: and it's, it's a short it. experience too but it it uses oh. uh, redirected walking where it replaces the things behind you uh with new stuff so you're constantly walking around in circles but you don't really realize it
3: oh wow that's cool okay for sure i don't know it's only three bucks that's awesome. Yeah.
4: Incredibly immersive, too.
3: Sweet.
0: So yeah. Do that. So I saw laser lights. Is this one where you, like, get down on your hands and knees at some point and, like, crawl under, like, laser lights? Yeah. To... Oh, that's so cool. Yeah.
4: <laughs> you, you, you crawl underneath the laser. You've got vents that you crawl through as well. Wow. You have to, like, unscrew vent covers and then crawl through. And it's so funny watching somebody do this because they're, like, <laughs> army crawling in a completely empty room <laughs> trying to get, go through the vent. And uh yeah i'm totally that's, gonna that's screw this time. up
3: and just walk through it normally and be like yeah <laughs> i'm a ghost guys anyway cool
0: well thanks awesome, again for yeah. coming on Fox, with us. thanks for
1: coming yeah. on with us man that's, we had a great time talking me. with you
3: it's been yeah, a pleasure
0: and uh yeah we'll uh hopefully we can chat again soon looking forward to see what new vr stuff you come up with in the future here
4: well thank you yeah i'll definitely let you guys know next time i uh put something out
0: perfect
1: Very good all right. With that, we'll take a quick break.
0: You're listening to The Inner Gamer. So that's the end of our podcast, guys. Thanks for joining us. We're really excited. For are you guys going to play next week. Oh, chaps. Thanks uh, for well, yeah, guys. next week. Cool? What are
1: we playing? What are we playing next week?
0: The Last Guardian. I'm
1: pretty sure we're all playing. Well, at least I'm playing. I'm going to play too, because I really want to
0: play more of it. it. I'm going to actually play Unspoken. I think that sounds really awesome. Okay. Use cool. my if my touch controllers show up.
1: That All right. Well weird. awesome. Tune in next week. You're here, uh you're gonna hear some thoughts on Last Guardian two and then unspoken. That'll be so weird. Yeah. You better cast a
0: lot of spells. You better I, be a good wizard. I won't be speaking. It'll be an unspoken. I'm gonna smack segment.
1: you in the mouth. <laughs> Do the outro. <laughs> All
0: right. So that wraps up our show this week, guys. If you have any you questions, so much. actually if you have anything you want to hear us talk about on the podcast, yeah. like a discussion topic or a question of any kind, email us at hello you can also find us online by simply going to our new website, innergamer.net. Our innergamer. new website. Net. It's Chinese. Yes. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes or tell a friend.
1: Uh, We also have a Patreon setup, which you can go to via our website or any of our social channels. You'll have many links there to get to it. But uh, this is a way for uh, us to provide you, the listeners, a way to uh, get you some uh, better quality content at a more regular pace. If you donate, we do have some amazing awards waiting for you, be it shout-outs on the podcast, uh, coming on for a discussion topic, or even joining us for an episode of Dungeons & Dragons Live. So... Please head on over, contribute, enjoy the website because Brett spent a lot of time working on it. It looks amazing. He got yeah. sick. He stayed up for three days straight. Three days I mean, straight.
3: Still sick. We, we <laughs> I'm still sick. <laughs> literally locked him in a room and just I'm, like, I'm, here you I'm go. Working towards. Here's a shit bucket. Here's your shit bucket.
1: <laughs> uh, but that'll be it. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll to see you all next time. My name is Devin Dury.
3: My name is Bray Nosky I'm Awesome Morales, and you've been listening to
1: The Inner Gamer. Episode 100, we're past 100 episodes. (laughs) Past 100 episodes, we're past 100 episodes. I hope people still like it. Thanks for seeing that.
2: You, uh, you you quack like
1: a <laughs> <duck>. Why'd you <laughs> quack like a duck? Aflack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just hit the <laughs> stop <laughs> button. Hit the fucking stop Brett button. Brett just goes to the very opposite <laughs> of oh, what yeah, we're doing. it is,
2: we're doing.